Welcome to another Living in the Past with your pals, Paul and Ben. <laughs> this is the Hello, August, everybody. This is the August 1994 episode. Yay! Woo, um, woo, woo. Uh, we, we said last I don't know month, why I'm being excited. Sorry. No, <laughs> you, no, well, maybe you're actually excited this time. Um, this yeah. is, if you never listened to this podcast before and you're like, August 94, that's where I'm starting. We are a podcast that goes through the 90s. We do, so we look at the events, we look at the movies and the most of the movies <laughs> um uh the tv and the music uh, that was going on and we we look back and we say why if um, you are just joining in august um take what well, oh that's gonna sound really mean take uh, a long hard look at yourself um <laughs> it's like where did, it, cotton, where did cotton eye joke him out yeah that's what i'm starting <laughs> <laughs> this was this is very this is all getting very very strange for me. Uh I mentioned to you last week uh about some synchronicities with a new therapist I'm seeing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he said to me about being more creative, you should be more creative. And mm-hmm. I hadn't mentioned doing the podcast. He's like that that is that is creative. Yeah. And he was really upset with me. And he said, <laughs> "Where are you up to in your podcast?" Like I told him a bit a bit about it. He said, "I'm a, we're about to do August 1994." And he went, "Ah, oh, that's that's funny. I got accepted into my degree in August of 1994. Oh. Like that's that's quite coincidental, almost to the point of being spooky. a synchronicity. <laughs> or spooky. Um, also, earlier on in the conversation, we were talking about jobs and my dog, uh, uh, <laughs> my job with dogs, and he told me about his dog that was called August. Oh, look at that. And I was that's telling freaky. Laura... I was telling Laura about this, and she's like, "Oh, maybe August is like a meaningful time in your life, and it is like for the longest time, August was the greatest month that I existed in. Why? Because that's when I went to my first ever show. Oh. Um, it's when I went to all of my best and favorite shows. Oh. Um. Okay, that's probably it. But still, <laughs> I um, I think I have an affinity with April. I don't know why. Maybe it's my teenage ninja turtles love. I don't know. I'm not gonna say it. Um, or Simon and Garfunkel. Yeah, true. Yeah, I, I, I just had recently. I just had my birthday in like July. Like I'm in July, and I don't know for that's. I like it, but um, it was always a struggle to get people to come to my party because, like, you know, apart from me being like, you know. Um, me. Um, also, like the um, the the weather and like just people were like, oh, it's cold. <laughs> like especially when he when he gets older, it's like let's go out to town. It's like, yeah, it's five degrees. We don't want to do that. <laughs> and it's in school. It's school holidays, so kids probably have plans and they're going yeah. away and they're doing stuff. <laughs> we only want to go to a birthday party if it's like something that we can do during the school time <laughs> to make us yep. look forward to that. This is our time. This is our time in the holidays. <laughs> yeah. Are we going no. to the Lion King for a birthday? No we're, going, no, we're going to see getting even with Dad, and you're going to love it. <laughs> I had the same issue uh, being two days after Christmas. Yes. Yeah. No one's around. No yeah. one cares. You're not Santa Claus. Fuck off. <laughs> you want me to get you presents after and then Christmas? It, and then you have no. also people um, <laughs> assuming that you get two lots of presents, so they think you're really spoiled. <laughs> Uh, sometimes. I mean, they're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Mother! <laughs> <laughs> he 
except that one year where my joint uh, Christmas and birthday was a framed poster of two tigers. <laughs> no one told me how expensive posters and framing was as a child. <laughs> so walk me through this. You picked out a poster. I was I was at an age where you know you can start to pick out your presents to be like I really want like that that poster is amazing. I'm an I'm obsessed with tigers. I love them. I want that poster. And I guess I said I want it framed. And what is Because posters just get wrecked otherwise with blue tech and sticky tape. Not just framed. The most expensive frame that you can find, mother. <laughs> and this is, what is it, like A2 size? Okay. It's a so large it's, poster. It's, it's a large poster. Well, it's, got, it's got to fit two tigers. So. It's like bigger than your standard gig poster. Okay. Yeah, so it's at least A2, if not A1. Um, and I did not realize that that's very expensive to frame back in... Oh, I'm jumping ahead. This would have been like 1996. Sorry. Uh, but yeah, that was... I'm pretty sure the only present I got Christmas and birthday, 1996. It's expensive, Ben. <laughs> Is that supposed to be Scottish? I don't know. That's that's. I'm trying to get, get your mother's uh, accent right, but it's just like... Benjamin, it was very expensive. We could only get one. I just remember them sitting you down and just saying, you're getting one present as the two tigers. Now look at it. I think I look recall at it while being... you listen to Mariah Carey in your room. <laughs> Cry. I can't live without this poster, but I can't live with it. I was I was so happy with it because it it's glorious. I've still got it. Do um, you? It's on, yeah, it's on the other side of my Foo Fighter set list frame. <laughs> <laughs> One day this will, this will this will serve a purpose. Yeah. Um. But I was quite happy with it. Like it's it's a pretty cool picture. But uh, in hindsight, you want to open up more than one thing. And also because you pretty much know what that thing's going to be, it's like, oh, it's slightly bigger than my uh, tiger poster that I wanted. <laughs> <laughs> oh, could be something else. Nope, tigers. <laughs> Where's the rest now, please, <laughs> mother? Oh. <laughs> And she just goes. She just goes through the. the it's like, well, look at the wood bed. <laughs> we didn't skimp on I, it. <laughs> you know, my dad used to tease us as kids. Like, you'll get an orange or a Mars bar or a lump of coal as presents if you're not good. Okay. They couldn't even wrap up a Mars bar for me <laughs> on the side. And I was well, a fat little boy. Just give me some chocolate to go with it. We're out of the way of the framing shop. It's like, should we get him a Mars bar too? No, this is enough. <laughs> Broken the budget already. Yeah. Look at him, give him an orange. <laughs> All the other children are going without because of this. like, <laughs> well, you can look at it too. <laughs> they all got, they got an orange each. I got a $200 poster framed. Uh, um, so what's been happening in your life? This is supposed to be living in the now, but I think we're just going to, that's, 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 I can't stop that. I can't top it at all. Like, uh, that's, that's amazing. Um, so let's just go straight on to the events. <laughs> cool. Um, so in August 1994, we mentioned it last uh, episode, there was a lot of heat records being broken all, like, all around the world in the Northern Hemisphere. Like um, We saw it in the World Cup finals um, and in Europe, I think in Germany, Austria, lots of places, they were like just breaking records. And like this is like, you know... In Australia, they're not breaking any records because we were just fucking hot all the time. But they were mm-hmm. like, you know, they were seeing they were seeing forty one, forty two degree temperatures for the first time 
like in I feel like they're not notoriously hot countries either. Like I know they have nice summers. No, but this is like the start of like and then everyone's like going, Oh, I wonder why that's something. Ah, let's just uh let's just uh, Carry on. Carry on and we'll Let's we'll make more with, plastics. We'll deal plastics with that. Plastics are never. cool. <laughs> yeah. Um in New York, um <laughs> I've got something called the the New York Bee incident. Yeah, I was very excited about this. Okay. So does a bee open up a law firm or a florist? That movie is a sin against God. Um, a, like truckload, a, tr- a truckload of 24 million honeybees bound for Florida crash landed in New York instead with their flatbed trailer t- overturning uh, on a highway. Drivers oh. were warned by police to keep up the windows rolled up tight. <laughs> it's not funny, but it is. Um, um, and they were backed up on the government, government, Governor Thomas E. Dewey Thruway as emergency workers tried in vain to soothe the bees so the truck could be moved. <laughs> so you got to soothe those bees. And, like, there would be an emergency response to overturn bee truck. Oh, there would be. So it's like, you know, you... <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so they'd have to, like, you know... you got to be the, careful. Bring the, bring the smokers out, I'm assuming. Um, the experts were called in. And John um, Goodman. Salvation Army were, were arrived with refreshments. Um, fire, the, the, fire, the fire department and the health department was dispatched. Um, two people were two people were hospitalized. Eleven hours later, the truck was removed. The truck's driver um, and one they call it one stung Good Samaritan were in hospital. Most of the bees <laughs> were most of the bees were dead. Oh. Um, um, yeah. Can you tell me more about the refreshments? Uh, I believe it was um, <laughs> like we've got orange juice and, and sandwiches. Honey sandwiches. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Um, yeah, like it was just, uh, it was just like this huge incident that, um, can you imagine like, um, you're in traffic because of an accident and you're already upset and then someone runs up and is like, roll up your windows. Can <laughs> 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 you see this like big, like black cloud, <laughs> like in cartoons, <laughs> they start making like shapes like they're doing cartoons <laughs> and just, um, just going for people. So yeah, that was the New York Bee incident. I feel like this was a missing verse for Crash Test Dummies. Mm. <laughs> what? That, that's all I can. Was a bee. Yeah, truck driver got stung over his body. Just chiming in with some uh, OJ Simpson news. Um, we didn't do any last week because um, there wasn't actually much to say in July. Um, but in August, uh, DNA tests showed that OJ's blood matches the blood that was at the murder scene. So, you know, things... Not to give anything away, but things are looking good for the prosecution. They can't mess mm. this up. No. At all. Why is his blood there? How did that happen? Well, his, his blood matches. It's not, I don't know if it's for sure it's his blood. It's just the same, it's the same type of blood. So, yeah. Oh, well, that's, that's not as definitive then, is it? In uh, in Japan, the International Lesbian, Gay, Bisexual, Trans, and Intersex Association began organizing uh, pride parades for the first can you time please, ever. Can you please read that out exactly as it is on your little fact sheet that you sent? Nope. <laughs> because I because I made a mistake. <laughs> I made a typo. So I said, I said, hey, hey, Pride. <laughs> first Japanese Hey Pride Month. Because farmers. And what they do did not get enough recognition in Japan. Uh, you know what? They probably do in Canada. Ooh, look at my hair, right? I'm pretty proud of it. Um, Maybe I'll lay by the bay. 
<laughs> what do you say? <laughs> so in Australia, there was a thing called the Tasty Nightclub Bust. Um, nice. <laughs> um, so Tasty was a... Uh, Type of cheese, yes. Was a gay nightclub um, oh. in Melbourne. And it was in Flinders Lane. Uh, one night, 40 police officers raided the club looking for drugs. I'm doing... Um, Inverted commas there, like drugs. Um, uh-huh. they, used, they used a megaphone to shout out orders. They shone their t- torches in the club patrons' faces. Um, and then they no one, was, well, no one was allowed to leave for seven hours or, or enter. Um, they strip-searched nearly everyone and also uh-huh. did, like, cavity searches and all that stuff. Um, they... Yeah, um, they were marched out of the venue, um, screamed out, abused, bullied, humiliated, intimidated... Separated from friends, forced to stand against the wall with their hands up for like half an hour, stripped and searched in front of other people. Um, and the raid resulted in two drug related arrests, but all as related, all charges related, um, dropped. Uh, the thing is, like, there was a, there was a, um, a culture of, um, homophobia in the police force at that time. Um, that was like a pretty well-known secret sort of thing. Uh, they all got... I mean, I will say, they were given a, sort of a, a, a rather large slap on the wrist. and It, it, did, it did sort of um, make national news and um, even um, the Jeff Kennett, the um, Premier at the time, sort of said that the, the, the police were behaving wrong. But, like, I mean, if you look at what they did and what they got it's just you know they did eventually get a civil suit with damages um awarded to ten thousand dollars each to each of the patrons mm. but i mean that's not a lot people well the officers involved should have been fucking fired that's the thing yeah like, um there has been a lot uh it, so there was a um a documentary that i can't find um that i wouldn't mind seeing it. it's called the tasty bus reunion where they get a bunch of people that were there it was on sps um a few years ago uh and recently i, I believe in 2014 uh the D- victorian police department again apologized for what happened and and sort of you know um said that they haven't forgotten it and yeah so look yeah it's it's another dark thing and i, I never heard of it before like i never heard of this happened so um uh, it was like you know doing this podcast was good to to find that sort of stuff out, but it just proves that like while the nineties seemed easy breezy for quite a lot of people, um, there was definitely a bunch of crap going on that. Um, yeah, that was that was terrible. So, I mean, if you were a minority, eighties, <clears> nineties, even two thousands, and still now, it's I'm I don't want to say it's not as bad now. Um, I think you're uh, you're you got a better chance of um, exposing it and um, and reporting it and not having you know not having it swept under the rug now, but it's still st- it's still a huge problem. So there's more support for it now, but there's obviously still a lot of terrible people. Yeah. In places of power. Uh, so Alexander Downer, I, I believe I sort of covered this when I had my thing against him in April, but like he's he dismissed. Um, John Hewson, like the former premier or former, yeah, former um, leader of the Liberal Party, because his, moder- his his views on homosexuality and abortion were too moderate. Um, in that, he said, um, 
they, they should be allowed to exist and <laughs> and to happen. And they're like, no. Mm. Uh, so this is the start of the Liberal Party really, really bringing that religious right wing, like conservatory, like um, conservative, like ethos into the party, and it's uh, it's it's gross. Um, the UK allowed Sunday trading for the first time, which is just amazing. <laughs> like we we took it took us like another what a few years. I don't think we were doing Sunday trading for quite quite some time. Yeah. Imagine a day where you couldn't you couldn't do anything on a Sunday. <laughs> I remember the days of randomly as an immigrant family going into Rundle Mall on a Sunday and there being no one there. Yep. Yep. We're all we're all at church. <laughs> yep. <laughs> we're at church and watching TV, waiting for something good to come on, which it never did. did. No. Uh, so let's end on a on a brighter note. Um, Woodstock, nineteen ninety four. Uh, occurred so this was a big like so this is the the first um anniversary um a concert they did uh not <laughs> would would totally be outshone by the uh one that happens about five years later <laughs> but we'll get to mm-hmm. that uh so i've got a few uh um uh facts that happened during the day so there's a there's a yes there's, please so there's a guy called jackal I've never really heard of Jackal before. Bruce um, Willis. <laughs> it, they're a metal. They're kind of like a metal band, um, oh. but they're a, they're like a southern metal band. That sort of whole Pantera type sort of thing. So they okay. they they go on the stage, right? Um, and their singer uh, Jesse James Dupree um, uh, poured alcohol onto the crowd, and he started smoking marijuana um, nice. on stage. Uh, he lit a stool. On fire, and then cut up cool. with a chainsaw. Uh, pulled out a rifle, oh, and started shooting like, it. In like the a no, no, like no, no, a... no. It's not his poop, like a wooden stool. Right. Yeah. yeah. He okay. didn't light his poop on fire. Like, how do you like poo on fire? How do you cut up with a chainsaw? Just a paper bag. Yeah. <laughs> um, Man. He also, yeah, he pulled out a rifle and started firing into the air. Um, he cut his hand and it was bleeding, and he wiped it across his forehead, and there was blood all over him. And then the security dragged him off. <laughs> Sounds like a sexy dude. Apex Twin were performing, and then the promoters disconnected them because they signed a fake name on the contract. <laughs> what? <laughs> like, so Woodstock said, like, um, they had a contract saying, um, that like, it's all like you know, all the the back behind the scenes sort of thing of, of bands performing at something like this. So, like, I think they they had to because they use samples and stuff like that too. I think. They had to sign a contract, and then they signed the contract with a fake name. And then, like somewhere halfway through the performance, the, the organizers worked it out, and then they just cut them off. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. does that not affect you getting paid, though? Oh yeah, definitely. Never. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's a pretty famous performance of Blind Melon. Um, uh, Shannon Hoon um, wore his girlfriend's dress on stage and was just stoned out of his mind. <laughs> <laughs> and it's pretty funny. There's a photo of him hugging Chris Farley. Have you ever seen that one? Where he's like, no. wrapped so Chris Farley's like, um, he's got his arms wrapped around Chris Farley, and it's a pretty, pretty cute photo. But yeah, he's, he's got a dress on. That's great. Aww. Um, Nine Inch Nails. Like, let's let's put another um Nine Inch Nail in their coffin because they're just pieces of shit. So they they were performing, 
and then Trent Reznor came off and said like he th- it, like the the sound was terrible and like it was it was a waste of time. Yeah, it's called Nine Inch Nails. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm like yeah, that's what it was. It was the sound. It was that terrible sound up there? <laughs> oh, it's you. Trent, that's that you, was Trent. you. That's your band. <laughs> um, and Reznor said that he didn't like playing such a large show. Oh, so many people like me tonight because they they had the biggest crowd of the entire thing. Like apparently it was just like packed i'll try and find a photo of it it was just ridiculous um was there someone then, good coming on after them <laughs> and then um he said like in an interview afterwards we're doing this for the money just to offset the the cost of my other tour that's going on at the moment i'm like and the, and then the, the journalist said oh well you're a piece of shit all right we'll see you later <laughs> um he's just a uh, dick like uh, yeah. I, talented but a dick um is he talented well makes a lot of noises yeah he's well nothing that the um guy from police Academy couldn't do. exactly <laughs> um aerosmith performed at like 3 a.m because metallica's fireworks display <laughs> went so long <laughs> um and they said it was just pouring a rain um there's a very famous like so my my uh memory of of this show is there's a clip that green day did of when i come around and there's just um, the crowds throwing mud at them. So the thing is, like, it rained all all day. Like, there was, there was just mud everywhere. Like, you've probably seen the um, the footage. And the difference between that footage and the footage from um, 1999 is that the mud that they're playing around in is sewage and shit. Um, have you seen that docker yet? No. Yes, because they're like, oh, let's do what they did in the um, in like the original Woodstock. But the thing is, they the 99 Woodstock was at an Air Force base. There was no mud there. There was a bit of, there was a bit of mud, but most of it was not mud. <laughs> um, so Mike Dern, the bass player, um, got mistaken for a uh, fan trying to rush the stage and the security grabbed him and knocked his tooth out. <laughs> Ooh. Um, but they also think that um, Green Day's performance at Woodstock um, really helped propel the sales of Dookie. Like, this, is like, this is like a huge thing. In, in that sort of thing and I mean Dookie's a, would, is a great album in itself but I think this really helped it yeah um, and Bob Dylan refused to uh, play at the original Woodstock but he played this one and um, but it was also an hour and a half late for his performance um, was that his fault though or is that someone else's fault again pulling the old Axl Rose uh, nah it's probably his fault I can imagine yeah. him being a bit of a dick um, yeah I saw him in Ireland a few years well, a few years ago, a long time ago, um, and he did not come on on time. And I kept telling people the sun was right on the stage. It's like if he comes out in the next ten minutes, he's gonna burn alive. Like he's just gonna fry up immediately. There's no way he can come out while the sun's there. Bobby and as soon as the sun was gone, he came out. Bobby coming out? No, the sun's in my ass. <laughs> I feel what? like that's fair. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> Look, he's he's gonna take a while. I don't know what's going on. I think he's having, <laughs> having a seizure. Um, it's a cheap joke, but it's a funny joke. <laughs> um, Guns and Roses refused because it was too commercial. Yeah, that's why. Um, uh. Apparently it's all internal. This is like this is their decline. So um, Slash did make up, uh, did, did um, come and play with someone else. So that's cool. Johnny Cash was supposed to play, 
but they said you're not playing on the main rage, uh, main stage. And he's like, oh no, I'm not playing then. Um, <laughs> it's fun to make fun of people's voices. Um, Alice and Chains were supposed to do it, and but uh, Lane Steady was not having a good time at, the moment, at that time with the drugs. Oh. And um, yeah, that's and Nirvana was also um, supposed to uh, they were pursuing them, but then obviously, mm. yeah. So um, should have ended with a Johnny Cash one. Uh, <laughs> Am I playing the main stage? <laughs> there we go. We're back. Um, so that's all. That's uh, that's all my events. Um, that's that's not too bad a segue into sports. Usually it's a bit more depressing. So you know, thanks. You sports. All right. Are you ready for curling month? Well, keep on waiting because it's not here. You know what? I was thinking as you were saying that I'm like, it's August, it's it's summer. There's no way you're curling. He's just he's just he's just yeah. funking with my heart. <laughs> and you fell for it. Uh, you just black eyed peed me as well. That's not very nice. Uh, so let's start with the sad news because that's the uh, oh, wise way to do it. Let's get it started in here. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> oh. Keep going. Are you okay? Yes. <laughs> So our friends, the uh, Richmond Tigers, started the month off in fourth. Remember okay. they're doing quite well. Oh America yeah, remember that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, they're yeah. going all right. Uh, they won one game and finished the season in ninth. Ooh, and was, this is was back when there was like a top six. Uh, no, I think it was still the top eight. No, okay. I think we'd move to the top eight now. All right, yeah, we cool. had because um, they would have lost then too. So. Yeah. <laughs> wow. But, so they they were doing all right. They were doing quite well, and it all fell apart. Uh, And I don't know if this is where it all began, the running joke of Richmond finishing ninth and owning ninth position. I don't know. There is a running joke that that's Richmond's position. And I... No, I'm not going to take the bait. I'm not going to take the bait. I just put down. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. But there is, it is factually proven that they have finished ninth less than a lot of other teams. Anyway. Were you, were you going for the for Richmond at this time in 94? Uh, yes. Yes, okay. I was. So, like, at some stage you're in your room and you're looking at two targets and you're just crying. <laughs> right, you're like, oh, man. I'm just, I'm just reminded every day of Tigers. <laughs> and how I think suck. <laughs> I didn't quite yet understand win-loss. Like, I understand when you win a game. Yeah. But because I hadn't seen Richmond in a grand final, <laughs> I, I'd never gone that far into the season of caring about it at this yep. point. And the Crows hadn't gone that far yet either, I don't think. So it wasn't really in the news. It wasn't really in our little yeah, life bubble. 97 is when they win there. Yeah. The CONCACAF Women's Championships. Ooh. So that's don't like. Don't ask me what that stands for. Isn't it like the. Um... Is Australia is like Asia and America and Africa? Is that or was it just Africa? Uh, I think it's the the Americas. Oh, okay. There you go. I got no idea. <laughs> uh, so this was for the Americas to qualify into the World Cup. Yeah, I remember. That's what I remember from. So like the <laughs> I remember from FIFA because it's like <laughs> the Concacaf. Yeah. yeah. Road to World Cup. Yeah. Uh, USA and Canada. Uh, first, second, Mexico and Trinidad and Tobago took out fourth. 
but I believe it was only US and Canada that would have qualified from those groups. But like, is that for soccer? Yeah. They just finished the World Cup. No, that was the Men's World Cup. Oh, sorry, the women. Okay, cool. Yeah. Pay attention. Thank you. <laughs> uh, down in Australia again, we had the Oceania Handball Championships held in Canberra. Nice. Uh, Australia, New Zealand, Vanuatu. Mm-hmm. Um, Vanuatu did not compete. <laughs> uh. But they were listed on there for yeah. some reason. Uh, I, I don't know why. <laughs> the, they just the, rock, they didn't rock up? Or was they, did they, they Bob Dylan them? Was the, the sign the, out? The page <laughs> says, Entered nations were Australia, Vanuatu, and New Zealand. But Vanuatu did not compete. Oh, okay. So, Australia went on to play Romania for a spot in the Handball World Cup. And they Stay lost. tuned for what happened there. Uh-huh. Vanuatu lost their permission slip from the, for the parents. <laughs> <laughs> they had to stay home. <laughs> um, on to a little bit of baseball. We're calling your parents. They're not waking up, Vanuatu. You have to stay home. Wait, I want to stop covering baseball because it's so boring. And even their news is boring. You're not going to top Corked Bats Die Hard in event. No, from last not. night. That was one of the best stories I've heard in so long. It's not as good as poorly cigarettes. Carl <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ripken Jr. became the second player ever to play 2,000 consecutive Major League Baseball games. Carl <laughs> Ripken Jr. literally has nothing better to do. <laughs> 2,000. Oh, man. It's just like, I, I get it. Like, I, and I get why people get drunk at baseball because it's like. It's a long game. Like I've tried to I, when I had um, Fox Sports and like I mean, when I, even when Channel Seven was playing it, I tried to watch the entire game. But it's like it's a lot, and it's not. I mean, it's it, it, no, it's not a lot. It's at least very. It's, it's not a lot at all. <laughs> it's just a lot of like um, foul balls. Like you, the the greatest the, the highlights from a baseball game really do do not sell the actual experience of being at baseball. <laughs> no. No, they do not. And can you imagine doing that for... Uh, hang on. There's 162 games in a season. Uh, 12 straight years. Every single yeah. game. And there's double headers. There's games like back-to-back, like Saturday, Sunday, four days in a row. Anyone mentions like, baseball to him, he's just like, just fucking stop. Like, I don't, I don't uh, care. I've done everything I need. And how many slumps would you have in form as well? Just like, I'm over it. I'm tired. Put me out at center field. I don't want to do anything for the next nine hours. Leave <laughs> but me then alone. then again, who could tell? Because, you know, <laughs> they're all drunk. Because <laughs> that's baseball. Um, and lastly, on baseball, the Major League Strike, which yep. I think I mentioned last month yes, was coming. Did. Yep. Yep. Yeah, because that's why uh, the um, the the penalties for the cork bat didn't come into fruition until like the next. Uh, yes. Yeah. This was the fourth uh, in-season strike in twenty-two years. Pay your players. Yeah. Or pay your pay some players less and spread it around. <laughs> it's probably the biggest, like, probably the better thing to do. Yeah, uh, because the highest-paid players in baseball is is not right. So. No. No. I'd say it's the guys at the bottom that are quite upset. Like, hey, I'm only getting 200 million a year. This is not on. How am I supposed to live with that? Yeah. I can't afford the mortgage on my 12 houses on $200 million a year. 
Should have moneyballed it. Let's strike. Early. Should have moneyballed it earlier. Yeah. Oh, money um, movie. Uh, so that uh, is your sport. Oh, Kieran Perkins started swimming and he broke a whole bunch of records. K-Perk. Um, that's your sport. Nice, K-Perk. All right. Let's get on to movies. Let's go through them. Clear and present danger. Eat, drink, man, woman. Uh, Airheads, Little Rascals, Adventures of Priscilla, Queen of the Desert, Karina, Karina, In the Army Now, Blank Man, Color of Night, Killing Zoe, Camp Nowhere, Nasher Born Killers, Wagons East, Milk Money, Whoa. What a month. What, the, yeah. What a, what a month, finally. This is no blockbusters, I feel like. Yeah. But some quality films. All right. So, let's. what did you watch? I watched Airheads, mm-hmm. Priscilla, mm-hmm. Blank Man, Camp Nowhere, and Showrun Killers, and In the Army Now. Okay, so I, I, dropped, I watched a few different ones to you. So let's go, let's go through yours. Let's go through Natural Born Killers first because I, I want you... I'm, you're going to be my avatar because I never actually really want to watch this. I've seen this movie a few times. I've seen parts of it. I don't really want to watch it. Um, so you're going to be my avatar that has watched it for me and explains it to me now. You will continue to never watch this film. <laughs> um, and that is what I will tell everyone else who listens and considers watching it. Laura had this on her list of things that she would be willing to watch with me or actually wanted to. Yeah. Was quite upset when I said I'd started watching it. <laughs> um but I feel like I saved her and I'm about to save many other people. Uh I made three points for this film. <laughs> Firstly, was Tracy Jordan in the prison somewhere? I can't find that he was, but I saw an inmate that looked a lot like him. So <laughs> I think that he was. And then I did find out that a lot of the prisoners were real prisoners. Yeah, I heard that, that they filmed it in a, a real... real um, was it an actual real penitentiary that they filmed it in? Yeah, it's in a real yeah. prison. They used real prisoners. Fucking old. For like the riots. Yeah. Um, bit wild. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. does an Australian accent. Oh, there you go. Was he good? Yeah. I mean, it is, but it's... You know when you hear an Australian in a film with Americans, it just stands out so much and it yeah, sounds... Yeah. Even when it's a good accent, it sounds fucking stupid. Yep. Okay. It sounds so dumb and it's kind of annoying. Um, My last note, also the first note that I wrote for the film, is the word terrible. So, it's it's a story about these two people, Mickey and Mallory, they go like cross-country on a killing spree. Um, mm-hmm. I, the Tommy Lee aspects really uh made me want to watch it because i'm like but then i was like i've watched two really good tommy lee jones movies and i thought this might sour me on him <laughs> he's basically two-face oh is he okay cool he is starts a- out as this you know he's the warden in the in the jail yeah um and he starts out like a typical warden and then as madness ensues and this right breaks out in the jail he turns into this crazy psychopath with crazy eyes wanting to murder everyone Okay. Um, uh, who is it? Tom Sizemore is the cop who catches Mickey and Mallory. Yep. Um, and then he's once they're in jail, he's tasked with the job to, quote unquote, move them to another jail and accidentally murder them. Okay. Uh, which he doesn't manage to do. Um, it's very. Is it, it gross? It keeps trying to be. Oh, it's gross. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in so many ways, not just like 
the gore side, which isn't too bad. But just the whole, like, making murder sexy and exciting. and The Rodney Dangerfield, Dangerfield bits that I, I caught them on TV a couple of times, like, when it used to air. And that was the thing that made me, like, not want to watch it because that made me feel, like, real, real fucking icky. That's, that's the worst. And apparently Rodney Dangerfield did not understand the role at all. He's like, why am I saying this? Why is this happening? Yeah, yeah. Um, And then everyone says it's one of the best things he's ever done, which I don't. I mean, it's hard because it is like he plays that part well, and yeah. it, but at the same time, this is uh, it just doesn't feel necessary. This is gross. And we don't need this in film, and that's not true because uh, his best film ever is what I watched yesterday and fell asleep to was Caddyshack, and he is amazing. <laughs> and his cameo in The Simpsons obviously outshines all of that, which is basically his role in Caddyshack. <laughs> <laughs> um, Juliet Lewis is good. Yep. As ever. But she's also kind of just redoing Cape Fear. Did you watch California? But, yes. So is she? Is it very similar to that role that she did in California? Yeah, but she's more sinister in this. Okay. Um, She's more into the killing, like yep. pretending to get sex with someone and then stabbing them in the ear sort of thing. Woody good? Woody good? <laughs> <laughs> Woody bad? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Like I love Woody Harrelson, but this, uh, everything about this film, I watched it when I was early twenties, I reckon, and kind of liked it. Yeah, like it, it goes. There's a lot of symbolisms in it. I think where it goes green, like they're under all these green lights, and that's supposed to signify that they're on drugs or they're just out of their minds. Um, yep. It goes to black and white quite often. the The whole way it's directed and edited. I'm is sure Tarantino's there's reason- fingerprints like sort of all over it because he he wrote it, didn't he? Or yeah, so he wrote the original story, but apparently a lot of it, like he wasn't happy with it initially. He hated no, he, it. He, he hates all the stone for it. Yeah, yeah, because um, it didn't pan out how he wanted. But I don't know. It's weird because Oliver Stone's good, right? Uh, well, not good, but like he's JFK's not- good. <laughs> yeah, like he does good things, and then this. Yeah. I don't know if he was trying to make a statement. Was, I don't know. I don't know. It's shit. He's... I don't want to talk about it. It's garbage. Yeah, okay. Don't watch right. it. We'll go. We'll go for sort of back and forth. Um, I watched. <laughs> um, I watched Milk Money. Uh, strap in. Uh oh. Three, three, three childhood friends. I'm gonna go with like conservatively eleven, twelve. They pull their money together and they go into the city and they try and. Um, employ a sex worker because they want to see so, see a woman naked um so they uh, firstly before they find the sex worker who um they <laughs> they just ask a bunch of women on the street whether they, they got this like baggie full of um coins and change and they're like will you show us your boobs um <laughs> that's like the first like like 10 minutes of the movie <sighs> Then they uh, they meet up with Melly Griffith, and she has just lost her um, her what would you call it her John. <laughs> so she's down a hundred dollars. They've got a hundred dollars. So she takes him back to her place, and she does show her boobs. One of them doesn't look though, and that makes him the hero. Um, are you still with me? Okay. I guess. So they go back to the suburbs, and Ed Harris is the dad, um, and he's his his wife passed away. And then the son um, basically says, "Like, I want this. Um, I want Melly Griffith to be my new mum." And 
And, she goes, and this, this is this is a kid that didn't look at the boobs. Yes, yes, he's the decent okay. one. Yeah, he's decent. Um, so he he um she sort of uh it's it's, a, it's like this like very conservative conservative like upmarket white suburb and she's dressed in you know low cup tots and she's smoking and everyone's like clutching their pearls and just gasping. Um, the boy uh takes her to his school and does a visual presentation of a woman um but like draws stuff on her body and then points to it in front of the class um what wait is she naked or she's not naked but like uh she he basically he does point to her boobs and says this is what's used to feed the baby um and then (laughs) oh and all all the all the while um uh malcolm mcdowell (laughs) is like this (laughs) It's this, you know, it's this gangster looking for her because her pimp died, and someone he he told her before he but he told the people before he she, he died that she knows where a bunch of money is. So Malcolm Ooh. McDowell is looking for her, and then um, Anne Hache is in there too, uh, and it all sort of um, goes up to this 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 climax of the um the school's doing this 50s 50s night so all the kids are dressed up in like 50s like rockabilly type sort of thing and Malcolm McDowell finds her and Ed Harris punches him and then they're together now <laughs> and that's milk money <laughs> wow uh it is a movie that i for what for the first time ever um didn't know whether i wanted to let other people on letterbox know that i'd watched Um, (laughs) uh it is it is it is a really weird disgusting um movie that is only about as much as it tries to sort of like even it up by the end it's only about the male gaze and like um how you know the, the 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 fact that they got these kids and I th- I think my 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 dear, my main concern is the age of the kids involved, like that makes it really 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 icky, <laughs> and um yeah and I'm not sure if it would have been even better with like eighteen year olds or like you know or college people but like um it's just a very weird movie that um happened and should never happen again <laughs> it should be stricken from the record. Do you think calling it milk money affected uh how well it would have done? Um, well, let me just try to find out. Let's see. It, it cost twenty million to make, and it only made eighteen. Um, so mm-hmm. yeah. it it was on a lot of um end of year worst of lists. Oh. So it's um it is bad. Uh, so yeah. let's go to um in the army now. So I got home almost ten o'clock last night, and I had a choice between clear and present danger and in the army now. You fucking idiot. <laughs> there is a 50-minute running time difference in these films. Oh, yeah, no, yeah, I, I get that, yeah. And having watched the trailer for Clear and Present Danger, I thought, oh, I've already seen most of this movie now. I vaguely remember watching it, but I didn't think it was going to have enough to keep me awake for two hours and 21 minutes. Even though, even though I had a bag of For Goodness Snacks uh, chicken corn puffs but the bag is not big enough to see me through for 221 minutes so i watch okay. it in the army now how's that and you know 
That should be the uh, title of Paulie Sh- <laughs> Shaw's biography. You know, <laughs> it's not bad. <laughs> uh, being Paulie Shaw, being a mid-90s film based around the army, again, we've got a pro-army. It's not quite yes. going to war. Yeah. Like, they're joining the reserves. It's so all about that. It's, go it's, to war. It is... A- Recruiting drive. All these things are recruiting drives. Anyway, go. It, it is very, very blatantly recruitment drive because they're going on about how good it is. Like, you get a check up front just for signing up. You only work two weeks of the year and, and you these, get paid. And all these guys now, they went and enlisted and it's like, oh, where's the weasel? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, no, there's no poorly Shores here. Uh, yeah, so aside from it being that, and they do end up in the middle of a uh, a slight skirmish with uh, Libya and Chad, I believe. Jesus. Um, and they save the day. Uh, who was it? Paulie Shaw, uh, Andy Dick, Laurie Petty, and uh, the brother from Blank Man and the security guard from Jumanji. Nice. Is the other guy. Remember him? Those are official names. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Bentley from Jumanji. Uh, I've only seen him in three things my entire life. Fucking Andy Dick. And this... This oh, is David, Allen, um, David, Allen, David Allen Greer. Yes. Yes, okay, cool. Um, yeah, he's all right. So they end up going to this little war. Uh, they save the day. It's all very terrible. There's Andy Dick and Paulie Shaw try and get, once they find out they're being deployed, they say, we can't go because we're oh. friends, wink, wink, and hold hands. And they're about to walk out and the because the man says, oh, okay, I guess go. But, before you go, kiss him. <laughs> and they can't kiss each other because that's gross. Obviously. And then they have to go to war because, you know, because they can't I'm not going to kiss a boy. <laughs> I would rather go to war and maybe die than just kiss a man. Not even going to go into what I would do to not go to war. <laughs> 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 uh, which takes me to an actual highlight um, when he does the pile of goo line. Uh, I always knew it just, I know it's a quote from something, it's probably Full Metal Jacket or something, when yeah. Homer says it. Yeah. You reach over <laughs> your best friend's face, it's a pile of goo. <laughs> you know what to do. Forget it, Marge, it's Chinatown. <laughs> so Paulie Shaw says that uh, at the start of the film, before yeah. anything's going on. Um, and that kind of amused me. Okay. He also made reference to Paul McCartney being dead, which okay. I thoroughly enjoy because I'm all for that conspiracy. Yes. Uh, and it came crashing back to me that I watched this a lot as a child because <laughs> I would... I know. I don't know what it was about my brain. Blame well, my siblings. Get army intelligence and in the army now. <laughs> Blame my siblings for this because I was just a boy. Yeah. Uh, I would often... This is only good for anyone that's seen it. I would often dance in a circle and say, I'm a crazy boy. <laughs> Because that's one of his ongoing lines. And that's the clip that you'll be putting up on uh, Instagram. (laughs) Of Paulie Shaw doing it, not me. Uh, You should do it too. (laughs) Also, they have lives damn Otter Creek. What? In there. Just out of nowhere. Yeah. Just like 10 seconds, they play the live song, the damn Otter Creek. There's a lot of weird um, alternative, like, needle drops in mid-90s movies. It's just, yeah, it's just what we were doing at the time. Yeah. Um, I had Wagons East and I was like about to watch it and I'm like, 
it's just got such bad reviews and a lot of people say like if you want to preserve the memory of john candy don't watch wagons east (laughs) and i'm like because this is the movie that he died on so i was like maybe i won't and i just never got around to it so i didn't i didn't have it um i also didn't i had little rascals but i didn't watch it because the front cover angered me like those kids, <laughs> those kids just look fucking annoying and i'm like i don't know whether i can and i saw the trailer for it and i'm like there's a lot of um uh and, and I'm, I'm not saying i'm not like not, not necessarily sexualizing but there's like a lot of mid-90s kids movies where they try to just adult them too much like they sort of put too much yeah like they put adult dialogue and they put adult sort of situations um and I'm which like, is very noticeable when the kids are like six and seven yeah yeah and like it's just i don't know it, it was just a movie i was like oh, i don't want to i've got other stuff to do for an hour and a half um i want to talk about karina karina um because <laughs> it's 1959 and we're gonna have a movie about whites and blacks living together <laughs> Ooh. um now this movie is really really sweet at times uh, so Ray Liotta and um, his daughter, uh, they're living like the, his wife just um, died suddenly, and she hasn't spoken since her mum died. So, um, and Ray Liotta's sort of trying to find. He needs to go back to work, so he needs to find a uh, like a, a maid to a living sort of housekeeper. Um, and he goes through a bunch of different people. He has a very weird um, jo- Joan Cusack is what is the first one and. <laughs> She's Joan Cusack. I I've always got a soft spot for her. She does. She puts everything into her roles, um, yeah. And she she does crazy well. So like at the start of this one, she's she's the housekeeper, and then at some point, he's in bed, and she just comes up and snuggles up, and she's like, "Well, this is what your wife would do." And she's like, "He's like, you need to go," <laughs> but she's like got the white. She's got that wide-eyed Joan Cusack crazy face, and I'm like, it's pretty good. Um, so Whoopi, Whoopi, Whoopi Goldberg, um, uh comes and goes and gets the job and she is uh so Ray Liotta is a pianist who um he makes jingles for like ad campaigns he's doing one for Uh, Mr. Potato Head at the moment I remember this and Whoopi Goldberg uh is she she like she's really into jazz she she's um she's they make it quite um, well-known fact that she went to college and she's quite learned and lots of stuff and like um, I know it's, it's 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 good like it's it's empowering for her and like she knows a lot about jazz and also can play music and play and play piano but obviously she's not getting the opportunities because um, she's African-American and there's quite a lot of um, uh, examples that her and her sister sort of make about how you know white people will never sort of accept them as as this um, this is a, still a few years out from like civil rights and lots of stuff so um and Whoopi Goldberg and Ray Liotta start falling in love and she helps him with his like ad campaigns like she helps him and they eventually uh get together and dancing and they have they have a kiss um during this time she has not been saying that his daughter uh, Molly can she's not she's saying that she doesn't have to go to school because um apparently she's having a really bad time at school and she's like you know, it's still pretty soon after her mum died, so you know she's letting her come to. She's cleaning other people's houses during the day, so she gets she lets Molly come with her to do that. Mm. Ray, Ray Liotta finds out, and this is the thing. So this is the, so we sort of um, uh, touched on it with it could happen to you. The guy in this is like they're really good, but there's that one moment. So in it could happen to you is that bit where he grabs her arm in the like in the deposition thing, and he sort of like gets really upset and yells and stuff like that. And I'm like. 
okay, that's not the character we've been yeah. <laughs> seeing like for the rest of the movie. Ray Liotta finds out that Whoopi Goldberg's not being sending Molly to school. He comes over to his her sister's house where she's living, basically storms through the door. This is after they've kissed, by the way, and they're under the impression that like a relationship's forming. He completely screams at her in front of like her family and then says she's fired. And I'm like, <laughs> you're a piece of shit. <laughs> like, not only is like the relationship changed to the point where like you shouldn't even be. She's, it's not a hiring firing situation anymore, but you still see her as someone as, as something that you've that you own. Yeah, you come and like screaming at her in front of everyone, and then um, his dad. It sounds di- like a perfect portrayal of you know the 1950s man. Yeah, yeah. Then his dad dies, and he's all sad, and he goes and asks her for forgiveness, and she's like, and you, mm. like, you know what? Uh, I I wondered at just at one point she just she but she does slam and slam at the door in his face, and then he he's at the front, and he's crying. And she comes out and comforts him, and then like they're together. So like she kisses him, and like it's it's all sort of um, over. And um, oh, like, let's let's remake Karina Karina, where she comes <laughs> out and says, "Look, I'm sorry, but this is your own fucking problem." Well, then the, you're, you're a bad then, human being. Go sort your shit out. And she says, "Like, oh, well, if this is going to go any further, like I quit." And then make a big sort of like, "Oh yeah, I don't owe you own you anymore." Okay, cool. You're still going to cook and clean for me, right? <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. It's I, like I, she's... I just won't pay you. Yeah. Um, and I'm not that good at sex either, so, you know, there's not really much in it for you. <laughs> um, there's a lot of, like, but there's a lot of good stuff in this movie. Like, it's, it's that, that ending was terrible, but, like, up until that point, it's a very sweet film. Um, it's, it says a lot about, the, it says a lot about kids because Molly comes over and, and plays with, um, Whoopi Goldberg's like niece and nephews, and it's that whole thing of like they don't give a shit like what color, like it's just it's just that they're just kids and they're playing together. Um, hey, hey, PC, PC, <laughs> y- your um, name is Polly Cigarettes. It's PC now. Did <laughs> did you did you cry at the the traffic light bit? I cried four times in this movie. <laughs> was one of them the traffic light bit? Yes, one of them was the traffic light bit when she's trying to blow them to go yes. green and it doesn't. Yes, uh, stop it. Oh, I remember that bit. I'll never forget that. I still sometimes do it when I drive to the light. <laughs> <laughs> Laura's like, stop it, you're not Whoopi Goldberg. <laughs> and then I start crying because yeah. Whoopi Goldberg is not in my life. Okay, let's talk about Priscilla because we both watched that. This is probably the first time I've watched it in its entirety for like years. Like, my, you know, I, I grew up in a pretty conservative family. Um, it wasn't something that we watched on the reg um, in the Lumsden household in the 90s. Um, so I have to admit, like, watching it the other night, uh, it's a very funny movie. It's also a very visually stunning movie. Like, that, you cannot tell me that that bit where um, Guy Pierce is on top of the bus. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they do it a couple times too. It looks amazing. Like it's just yeah. it's just great. And like you know that, um, it's the only the only thing I've got sort of. And it's not even a problem with it, but like it moves at a very very solid pace, which is good. But sometimes, you know, um, like they go from, 
singing in the club at the start to the bus within like 10 minutes. <laughs> like they're just suddenly on a bus. Yeah, if you stuff. blink, you miss, you're like, hang on, where are they going and why are they going there? And why is there four? What's happening now? There's three of them. What's, what's yeah, happened? Yeah, yeah. So, um, but look, it's something that I think everyone should watch, uh, especially if like, you know, for Australian cinema, it's, it's, it was a landmark one. And it really brought like that culture um, into the limelight. And um, I mean, you were... The other director on last week, yeah. Uh, yeah, we went and saw Trixie and Karcher on Wednesday night. Yeah, and like I think like this sort of paved the way because like Australia was like was a conservative place, but like from the outside, but like it was actually on the inside. It's I think a lot of people um love this movie for sort of being able to like start that conversation of like ah. Oh, you know that person I've been, I've been all my life. It's not really the person I want to be, and like now I feel like I'm safe to come out and you know. And it does show the ugly side. Like they go to a, a, a like a outback town and they get beaten up and called like horrible names, and it's just um. And they find like I mean you just count how many um uh background Aussie actors you see in this and see in every other film. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. Um, but yeah, uh, I was really really um happy that I sort of um, watched it again. It's yeah, it is really good. That still makes me feel uncomfortable when it gets real. Um, mm. I never forget the bit when he has a flashback to his uncle in the bathtub. <laughs> yes, and, and that's that's the best um, sort of bait and switch too, because you you're like, oh god, like I don't want to watch this, and then like you, f- <laughs> then it's actually like one of the funniest bits of the movie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but that's um, taking something from Hannah Gadsby. That's a lot of what like, is that the real story though? Like obviously this is yeah. mostly a fictional story, but is that something where you've taken a traumatic event and changed the punchline so that it's funny? And that's I think also like um, Aussie humor. Like I think we do make light of bad things and trauma quite a lot, and I think that that scene and a few other scenes, like you know, basically just like making it your own and going like, well, you know, yeah, I lived this, but like you know, I also survived it and I can now own that and make fun of it. That's, I think, very... Yeah. Everyone sort of goes on about the, the Aussie larrikin humour, but, like, that's gone. That's passed. Like, and like, that was only a very short period of time. Like, that's, you know, being, like, a, a larrikin is not, not something that we all are. But I think that turning trauma on its head and, like, making fun of it, I think that's very Australian. And I think yeah. that's something that, like, you know, that you see in, in a lot of, like, movies that we see. Uh, but also, while we're there, not ideal. Um, don't do that. Because <laughs> that, that just creates more trauma and diminishes the actual trauma you went through. So, be, be self-aware. Be self-aware, but, like, you know, I also, like... Yeah, and pick your time and place. Don't, like, you know... <laughs> Yeah, don't be don't be making those jokes with you know. Read the, my my um my wife and I are working very hard at the moment and teaching our kids to read the room. So like, if they say something or do something, and I'm like, read the room. Do you think that was appropriate? And they're like, no. I'm like, okay, cool. So like next time, you know, because that's something that I didn't learn until very very later in my life, <laughs> and I'm like, I don't want my kids to. Yeah, go through some of the shit that I went through. So yeah, I I had a previous employer tell me that um he would always say pick your audience. Yeah, um because I would tell people things about him that he didn't want to be told about him. It's like, well, <laughs> is that me picking my audience or is that you not being fucking garbage? <laughs> pick, yeah, 
pick the audience that will make me make me feel better about myself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's go to Airheads. Uh, look, it's the Wayne's World film that was never made. <laughs> like I, I found that's all I can sort of think about is that is that sort of um, SNL. It could have been an SNL sketch as well. Like it's like it's a funny movie. Um, I found it cringy at times, and I any any time that Hollywood sort of tries to tap into like a a certain culture, like this this one being like the music scene and like the metal scene, yep. it's like the most extreme elements of that scene is what you'll see, and not like how it actually really is. If this was a Kevin Smith film, this would be the more rats to Wayne's World's clerks. Yes, like, by the way, it's it's in you, the same universe. By the way, did you see the new trailer? I did. Do you like it? I don't know. I've watched it a couple of times now. I think I would like the film, but the, the it's it's a bit it's a bit obvious. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, like you know, he's not pulling any punches. It's like, yeah, okay, all right. <laughs> uh, so yeah, like, look, I will never not laugh at um, Adam Sandler's walk when with the, the cop, cup with the yeah. cop. It's amazing. Um, and is that the first? time we've seen him with his buddy because that's the guy that's in all of the heavy medicine films oh is it yeah oh nice yeah um and then uh you've got the beavis and butthead phone in oh my god yeah that's amazing they're they're in everything um michael richards they're like let's put kramer in here there's literally someone said like i I because like this is well into seinfeld's run they're like we need kramer like well we can get him all right let's do that and it's just it's it's the low point of the film for me. I don't. And like he it. he would have rocked up so serious. Like, what do you want from me? What can I give you? Give us Kramer. It's like, no, no, no. I've got range. Like, I can. No, no, no. Dance for us, we clown want, boy. <laughs> we want Kramer. Get in the fucking vent and do some Kramer shit. Um, funniest. Like, one of the funniest parts of the movies I've always, uh, and I always forget it is when there's the guy. He's the um. He's the dad in Stand by Me. He's also in Nightmare on Elm Street Two. He's the 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 gym teacher that, that they find in the leather club. Um, he's a SWAT officer in this one, um, and he's talking to Michael Richards on the phone. Oh, yeah. And he says he comes home, <laughs> leaves his underwear on the floor, and there's one tiny little skid mark. <laughs> <laughs> and every time I'm like, oh man, it's it's just such a fucking weird little like offset of this movie of just like this, this guy going through a thing with his wife. Um, but yeah, when he says that, yeah, <laughs> they left a skid mark in his in his jocks. I'm like, oh my god. Um, We've also that- got a Ghostbuster. We do have a Ghostbuster, yeah. Yes. Um, we also have um, Fat Tony, Joe Montagna, <laughs> the monies. Um, we have Steve Buscemi being the most problematic element of this film <laughs> because he says the word retard like quite a few times. Um, also weird that he's, I don't want to say he's young and cool, but he looks so young and cool in this film. And I've always loved... There's a bit where, um, so Mark McLean from Spinal Tap and um, Best in Show, he plays the radio station owner and Brendan Fraser's talking to him and he calls him a penis. <laughs> <laughs> and I fucking love it. I don't know if it's a misread by Brendan Fraser or if it's intentional, it's intentional but man, just calling someone a penis is <laughs> fucking great. <laughs> you, you are keen on that word lately. Oh, he's just like, and this little penis over here. <laughs> it does. It's got a lot of good, fun moments. 
And it's, oh, there's half the Ghostbusters are in this. Harold Ramis rocks up as one of oh, like yeah. the fake executives. Yeah, he's like a, yeah, yeah and, um, and Ernie Hudson is the main sorry, yeah. cop that's trying to negotiate with them. What a run for Ernie Hudson. Like, he's just come off the crow and he did, um, uh, the other, was it Fortress? Or, um, no, yeah, Escape, oh, from, Escape from Absalom. And now he's, role? yeah, he's just like, this is like the purple patch for Ernie Hudson. Uh, and then, um, the, but the ending, when they're playing in the prison <laughs> and their girlfriends are there, I'm like, that would not happen. <laughs> and like, it's like, that's the, that, that last bit, I'm like, that's the most cringiest part of the movie. Um, also, when they, uh, like a Hollywood, like, we need a song for the movie and the song is just crap. <laughs> it's not too bad. It's pretty bad. <laughs> just like that whole... And like the amount of times that they say rock and roll in this movie, and it's just like I don't know, it's just like it's, it sounds, it's, it seems like it's written by someone or it's been um, rewritten by someone who's just got no idea of what it's like to be in a band. Um, yeah, and they they make mention of the shit Seattle sound. Yeah, and they have this like whole metal look about them. They like Iron Maiden and that. It would have been cooler if at the end they play this song and it's just full out thrash metal. Yeah, like it's a like it's not even good. They Lemmy's should have in, sounded good. Lemmy's in it. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. He's he's the, the AV club. Um, I, used to, I used to masturbate constantly. Always <laughs> a great one. Um, Chris Farley is amazing. Um, I love when he's uh, he pulls the nipple ring out the dude. Um, yeah, it's 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 good. I, I, it's, it's good fun. Um, my wife was like, "Oh, we're gonna watch this." I'm like, "Yeah, let's let's give it a go." And we're like, eh, "We're pleasantly surprised. It's fine." Yeah. Um, so, man, this save is the best for last, huh? Well, I want to. I want to talk about Clitter and Present Danger for a little bit. Oh, okay. So right. I'll busy myself. <laughs> um, look, okay. I'm just gonna give you a quick rundown. It is a really, really. It's, it's better than Patriot Games. Okay, this movie is awesome. It uh, basically starts out. It, it's all about um, a guy. A, a family is murdered on a yacht by these. Um, uh, Colombian uh, gang members and Jack Ryan, aka Harrison Ford, gets involved because the guy who got murdered is a friend of the president's, and they basically are finding out that they're, that they're that the guy is like funding the drug trade and um, down in uh, down in Colombia, and it's like kind of tied to the president. And then Willem Dafoe, uh, he's this CIA operative that's in um, Colombia. He's been asked to basically get this little like militia together to. To, to to take out like the um Colombian uh, drug cartels, so basically, and but he's been told like don't start, don't use troops and don't start a war because we don't want anything to sort of trace back, and obviously, um stuff happens and uh, <laughs> Jack Ryan um starts to starts to figure it out. He's called a Boy Scout a lot in this movie, um because he's just he's just always doing the good thing. Um, there's a lot of people around him that want to like want to kill him. Uh, James L. Jones, his boss, um, uh, unfortunately dies in this movie. <laughs> he gets cancer right at the start. Um, there's like mm. a lot of um, he gets plenty of a uh, deep and meaningful dialogue first, there, right? He does. He does. Um, I'm just trying to figure out. There's like a bunch of people in this movie. My only thing, like, so this is my thing. Um, watching an action movie now with Harrison Ford after regarding Henry, he. <laughs> 
the bits where he's trying to be sort of earnest and sort of like mild, he just reminds me of Henry, which is like he's lost half his brain to a bullet. Like he needs like rehabilitation. <laughs> like he looks, he looks so. Um, I don't know. I don't know whether it's like that role kind of did something to his action movie image because like remember he did regarding Henry, then he did like Presumed Innocent. Like there's a bunch of um, movies he did where he wasn't like the main tough guy. And he was a bit more sort of human, and he's a couple of times he was like he was doing stuff that wasn't great. He was actually a bit of a bit of a dick. And watching those ones, and then now watching him as a hero, it's hard to sort of disassociate myself from that because like he looks like Henry in this movie, like he looks like the, his character from that movie. And yeah, it's I just found um, he he was hard to buy as an action hero in this one. He's been Henryfied. <laughs> Is he is he a proper? That's like I didn't watch it because I didn't feel like it was an all. Like, not that it had to be an action film, but I didn't feel you know like what? it was a proper would... action film that he didn't. Not too much was going on. It seemed very office related. You know what? It it looks like that, but it's not. It's actually way more full on than Patriot and um, a couple other ones he's done. Um, there's a really good scene um, where it's actually one of the best. But, but, but in saying that, one of the best scenes of the movie is when. There's a computer hacking scene where he's hacking into the, like um, his um, co-worker's computer, like on the other side of the office, and the guys deleting files, but they're on the phone together too, and they're trying not to let each other know that like that, that they know that they're they're in each other's space on on the computer. Intense and pretty cool. Um, I would suggest it to anyone if you've got a spare Sunday afternoon, <laughs> you want to grab yourself a cup of cocoa. You watch some clear and present danger. You will. You, it won't be the worst afternoon you've ever had. I can tell you that. If, if you have two hours and twenty-one minutes to spare, look, it is. It is a bit long, but you got you got the foe. You've got uh, you got the horde. You got the Benjamin Daniel Bratt. Jones. Benjamin Bratt's in it. Yeah, it's good. It's 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 actually a very very decent movie. I was I would be watching this one again at some point. All right, now let's uh, get on to the best one. Camp Nowhere. Um, so if you ever wanted to, <laughs> Christopher Lloyd in this movie would be up for so many different charges <laughs> in, in today's world. I don't even know where to begin. Is it weird how young and cool sometimes he is in this film? Um, if you want to see Christopher Lloyd as like someone who another, a female person like wants to be with, like she's, she's like Gaga over this dude. I'm like, he looks like he's Doc. He hasn't got not, the white hair. Not. I don't know, man. Like he's still got the. He's yeah. I don't know. So if you notice, it came, came nowhere because I'd never seen Camp Nowhere. I tried to get my kids to watch it, and they were not interested in Camp Nowhere. Um, That's rude. Uh, so four kids, um, two of who are bully, uh, like one of whom bullies the other one at school, but the other guy does. I don't know why they're friends. It's um, fake bullying. They they do it because one's cool and one is not. Yeah. So they have to betray that he's bullying this kid, but actually they're friends. So in this really really rich suburb. <laughs> of whatever America where like parents can spend a thousand dollars each to, to send their kids to camp. These Up kids, to 3000. Yeah. These, um, the, and, and one of which is sending her daughter to a fat camp that she does not need to go to. That no. daughter is not fat. And that is a very, very weird part of this movie. Um, yeah. So there's all these parents are sending these kids to, um, camp. None of them want to go. So what they do is they, they pull their money together and then they, they get Christopher Lloyd who, was the ex drama teacher at their school who now lives in a uh, 
trailer on the outskirts of town and is wanted by the police for like or wanted by someone for for um, not paying back his car while selling him, cheese was at the mall while selling cheese was at the mall um they get him to sign a lease on a camp that was owned by the penguin from the 60s batman um <laughs> and uh they just buy this camp and then uh, one of their friends finds out. Well, no, this, this guy that they don't actually like finds out, <laughs> and then but he's already told everyone else. So then, like the entire, like the entire grade, there's about twenty kids, about twenty five kids. That's um, a lot of kids. They all do the same. So they've all got like you know, up to three thousand dollars each from their parents, and Christopher Lloyd goes around to each of their houses in different costumes. <laughs> And says that they're going to these different camps. Like one's going to military camp, one's going to fat camp, one's going to theater camp, one's going to computer camp. Um, that sweater that the dad the computer and, camp sweater. Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure my dad had one of those. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, that's that's very much the a, a '90s computer guy thing. Um, and, and the mustache. Yep, and then they get to this camp, and then they just basically spend all the money that their parents thought they were paying for the camp on, you know, crap. Also, like, I get that, so Mud Morris, why is his name Mud also? God, this yeah. kid's really annoying. I hate yeah. him. He's yes. overacts way too much. Like, you're not getting an Oscar here, mate. Calm down. You're a child. <laughs> like, the hair flicks, and he's so dramatic, and oh, woe is me. Girls don't look at me. Anyway. It's his idea, but and he's somewhat in charge. Why does he get all the money? Like you've paid the rent on the camp. Like they you shouldn't to trust have him. everyone else's money. And then they like all you know mutiny and take their money back and just waste it on toys and have the best time, which you're supposed to do. That camp would have like that. that it would have fallen apart in two days. Like it's like they're 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 apparently there for weeks, um, and. Christopher Lloyd somehow has like a, a cabin down by the by the lake, and he says, oh, "I'll come and check in you in eight weeks." Is like, and then uh, there's a there's a doctor nearby because um, some kid gets hurt by fireworks they illegally bought, mm-hmm. and and she's like doesn't call the cops or anything. She's like, "Oh, you brought your son in here um, for bur- for second degree burns, and I'm gonna flirt with you." <laughs> well, it's a small town. There's not a lot else to do. What's up? Um, and then you've got Biff from Back to the Future. Yeah. <laughs> he's the local cop and he's like, something fishy's going on, but he's also being Biff, so he's a bit dumb. Yeah. Um, Nathan they... Cavalieri's in it. Remember Nathan Cavalieri? Well, I was going to say, if you're going to give an Oscar to anyone, it's Nathan Cavalieri who basically ah. just spends the entire... So if you don't know who Nathan Cavalieri is, he was a guitar virtuoso um, kid. Like He's like 12 years old. He could play better than Hendrix. And I remember, like, he was on uh, Hey Hey It's Saturday a lot, I think, or like you know, some one of those one of those shows. He was like on, he was on some show a lot that I, I saw. Like, and yeah. it's he was amazing, and everyone wanted to be him. And now I yep. don't know what I don't know what, what he's doing now. <laughs> uh, he's got six thousand Instagram followers. He does Twitch. He plays guitar a lot still. He <laughs> looks like an old man and no longer a twelve year old boy. Uh, one glaring <laughs> error of you in this him film. Up. <laughs> Uh, Laura pointed out to me, and I thought this film was flawless. At one point, he's on the roof playing I think, the Star Spangled Banner. <laughs> yes. Uh, and then it cuts to inside the house where they're all making sandwiches and breakfast. And the Star Spangled Banner is still playing from the roof, while Nathan Cavalier is in the kitchen holding his guitar. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm just going to put my loop pedal on here and uh, go down and get myself a sandwich. <laughs> oh my god. And it was like, we should go for lunch. Should we just keep it rolling? Yeah, just keep it rolling. It's fine. <laughs> There's no cuts that need to be made here. Um, he does He does talk at some, uh, at some point too. Like, do you, do you yeah. hear that he's Australian? Um, he's actually probably one of the better actors too because some of the, a lot of these kids. Whew, whew. Yeah. Um, there Those is twins a, are terrifying. Oh, man. Um, there's a, yeah, it's like, I don't know. I didn't like it. You didn't? No, I didn't. Did um, you enjoy the little acoustic version of Selling the Drama by Live? Yeah, I did. I, Twice I saw, now they've popped up. I saw them on um, the soundtrack. I'm like, when was that? Or I, I, I was, before, I was like, when was that going to be? And then it was like an acoustic thing. Um, I, look, I really like the ending bit where they they basically get, so the They've told all their parents that there's no parents' day, like they can't come to the camps. And then one of the kids, I can't remember how it happens, one of them fucks up and says, like, you should come. Um, so they get a voicemail from a parent saying, we're just going to pop by. Oh, yeah, and have yeah. Have a quick look. So the, um, the parent, all the parents come. So they have to change, and they, they try and stagger them out at different times. And then they change the camp to like a, from a space camp to a theater camp to a fat camp. Um, in order to sort of fool all the parents, like um, when they when they come to the camp, and that bit's pretty cool. The the kid that the the dad that sends his son to the military camp, who is literally beating his son, we should not like, yeah, we should not overlook that. Like that household has got more problems than just one camp can solve. Um, but yeah, his dad gets basically like thrown into the dirt, and like they thinks is like get gunfire and bombs like dropping on him. That's pretty funny. Um. Yeah, I don't know. And there's that bit at the end. I don't know what you saw in the trail in the the credits where the girl makes the guy get the kid think that um she's naked, so he yeah. takes off his um. Yeah, I remember that bit. Yeah, I'm like, uh, okay, that's yeah, gross. <laughs> um, it looks so cold as well. I know. Yeah, it's like, and it's a lake too, so you know, it's like it's it's gonna be gross water. It's like um, and coming back to the the terrible fat camp bit. So the girl that the main boy is supposed to end up with, which again, don't be having love interests with like 12 year olds. But also like that, but, change, like he changes from time to time too. Like he's always like lusting after the, the blonde haired one who uh, by the way is not age appropriate for who she's supposed to be portraying in this film. But no. Um, and then, yeah, at the end he, it's, it's kind of like he settles for the fat yeah, girl. Cause they do this, that stupid pact of like, if we're not with anyone when the, when we're 40, let's be together crap and just that oh, it just happens way too much with kids films of like making kids think that you need to get a wife um and if you don't just find someone nearby and that girl is so nice she's so sweet yeah like you're not settling at all she's great she's settling for you because you're a fucking dickhead and her mum's a fucking piece of trash as well oh um, when she rocks up there like oh my god you're skinny yeah. like, no she looks exactly the same <laughs> as when you saw her before and like the look on her face but like she sell the the girl also sells it like oh like you're proud of me so i'm gonna like you to like lean into this and it's like that's like the grossest part of the film um no the grossest part of the film is when at the end the blonde girl um hooks up with one of the other dudes and then says to her dad after they've been like basically necking in front of him like oh he's gonna come home with us and the guy calls him by his first name and the dad's just looking at like oh this is my life now i'm gonna <laughs> take home this this <laughs> this kid this kid's gonna beat me up <laughs> this kid's gonna <laughs> the bully at school is now dating my daughter awesome 
Um, There's also two looks to the camera. Yes, there is. Not keen on that. Um, I wrote down for some reason Mud Awards. <laughs> Was there like an award ceremony? Oh, that's right. This kid went on to win a whole bunch of Emmys. What for? For Best Young Actor and Best Actor uh, for General Hospital. Okay. He was in the TV show General Hospital for years, and I think he won like four or five times. That's daytime Emmys, though. It's like it's kind of shooting fish in a barrel. Still. <laughs> uh, also, Jessica Alba's first film. Really? Is she in it? She is. Did you not spot her? I did not spot her, no. She doesn't have any lines. She's in the background a couple of times, but it is clearly Jessica Alba. She has not yeah. changed. Yeah. I know. Yeah. There you go. Well, that is our, once again, colossal movie section. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, look, it's getting... Uh, yeah, it's, uh, we're going to have to work something out because these movies, they're just getting... No, we don't. <laughs> um, but let's go on to uh, TV. Now, um, not a lot of... Uh, uh, TV shows that came out in August. Next next month is a big one for TV shows. It's a, it's a, it's pilot month. Um, we also we had a show though in Australia called Total Recall. Do you remember that? Mm, remind me. So um, you got two schools on there as as per usual, um, and they uh, try to um, stuff comes up and it's in a particular order, and then they have to remember what order it's in. It's basically like you know like it's. The just the memory recall game, but on a bigger scale, um, and then um, it was it was apparently uh, kind of like a sister show to Amazing. So Amazing will be on there. Or, like, uh, or oh, recall I will do. be on then Amazing. Yeah. On yeah, 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 I do. And then they have to un- unscramble a picture. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Ah, uh, those are the days. So yeah, that was that was uh, <laughs> that probably would have been at four, and then um, Amazing, you know, obviously at the four thirty slot because that's the sweet spot. <laughs> when you are definitely in from school by then, you've definitely settled. School. You've maybe you, got changed. You've got dumpy your, shit in your room. You got, you've got, um, you got your sandwich. You got your milk, yep. and you're good. And, uh, no, you've got a uh, very strong orange cordial, pack of salt and vinegar chips. Okay, and you're ready. You're on <laughs> you're the like, floor. And then, and then at five o'clock, you're ready to be um, confused by your sexuality by watching Prices Right models. <laughs> yes. if, mem- if memory serves me correctly <laughs> I feel something I'm not sure what this is <laughs> that Larry's such oh. <laughs> what a man look at, look at his teeth <laughs> and those ears you could just twist his head around um, he's short but so confident <laughs> um, there was also a TV show called Ocean Girl do you remember Ocean Girl? Yeah, vaguely. Was yeah, she some was sort a, of mermaid thing? Yeah, it was like on Australia TV. Um, I remember that being on. Um, uh, I think it was an ABC or Channel Ten. I'm not sure, but yeah, um, that was a big one back in the '90s. And then we had this show uh, inside the actors' um, studio started. Um, the, oh. actual, the actual show. So, um, <laughs> I mean, look. Look can... forward to Paul doing impersonations of that guy. <laughs> no, 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 no. I can, gi- I can give, a, I can give or take Will Ferrell sometimes, but his his impersonation of um, the inside the actor studio guy. What's his name? Uh, Something Rose. Well, I, no, it's, oh, um, it's killing me. It's, uh, I know people are just like screaming into the... Peter Rose. Let's call him Peter Rose. No, no. It's... What's next? It's, it's, no, it's um. <laughs> 
James Lipton. That's what I said. No, it's not. I was close. <laughs> no, you weren't. <laughs> there were types of drinks. Let's okay. go. Uh, so there was no Law and Order still. Boo-hoo. Um, but there was Conan? Yes, there was. So we do a, a um, little segment each week uh, called... Um, you didn't What's it guess, called? You didn't guess the name. No, and, we didn't uh, guess the name. Fuck. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, this is where um, Ben goes through every guest uh, that was that had been on Conan, Late Night with Conan O'Brien, because we're big, huge Conan O'Brien fans here. Um, and he does it to the tune of We Didn't Start the Fire by my God and Saviour. Yes. Mr. William Joel. William Martin Joel. All right. So, come on. I, I had I did have a quick look ahead because uh, one of these doesn't have a wiki page. I don't know who they are. I don't know how to say this name. Uh, so my early apologies. But okay, cool. I'll give it a whirl. All right, so soccer team. I'm going to give you a three, two, one. Yep. Three, two, one, go. Don King, Masood Kakahabidi. <laughs> Jackie Mason, Brayson, Ellis, Defoli, Jeremy Davis, Tommy Bond, Cameron Diaz, Jack Ford, Harry Shearer, Karen Duffy, Dick Cavett, Denny Dillon, Thea Fidelli, Pat Morita, Scott Thompson, Dr. Joyce Brothers, Gilbert Gottfried, Mike Lapika, Latoya Jackson, Stuttering John, <laughs> Miriam of Talon, Ray Romano, Nathan Cavalieri, Richard Benjamin, Mila Djokovic, Julie Brown, Missy Glow. David Cross, Michael Moore, Boyd Matson, Gail O'Grady, Ruben Blade, Sazar Garbutt, Chris Egerman, <laughs> Carol Shire, D.B. Sweeney, Jane Pauly, Nick Berkey, Paul Zahn, Adam West, Dave Allen Greer, Tracy Austin, Paul Savino, Jeff Garland. Oh, fuck, that's September. Uh, remove yeah, Jeff Garland and Paul Savino. You got it. You got it. It's like, it's, you're never not going to get it. Maybe I should make it like, 45 seconds, I don't know. <laughs> um, let's, before we jump onto music, quickly give you some musical guests here. Yeah, okay. Because we're finally getting some hot stuff here. Uh, aside from Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds, Ooh. we had uh, the Gigolo Aunts, Ooh. Mazzy Star, Bare Naked Ladies, yeah. and Weezer. Hey. Yeah. Find, I'm going to find some of them and put it up, I reckon. Um, oh, yeah, I say that. I say that. I probably won't. <laughs> so let's go on to music. I'm sorry, Lisa. I feel like we'd already done this. Yeah, but it, came, it was number one in Billboard charts. Oh, okay. Shh, Lisa's talking. I'm sorry. Um... <laughs> I don't know what I did to her, but I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> Love is All Around by Wet Wet Wet, which we found out recently was the number one single in Australia because Australians mm. love soggy songs. <laughs> um, and, not, <laughs> and not the um, cover band Dry Dry Dry. <laughs> uh, <laughs> listen to our last episode to get that joke. Um, and also, I Swear by All For One, which is just, I don't know. This should be the year of I swear. It's just ridiculous. Um, there are too many bands to go through. It's just gonna. It's just gonna be me saying a bunch of words, which I've already done. <laughs> so, do, do, do you want me to say them? Uh, look, I, I reckon just go uh, through. Uh, let's 
let's just rattle off the bands, not the album names. We had Sponge, Machine Head, Stereolab, Grave Diggers, Bare Naked Ladies, Eddie Brickle, uh, Neil Young, and the... <laughs> you, you autocorrected again. Neil Young and the Crazy Horse, Portishead, Echo Belly, Saboda, Sub- uh, Sean Colvin, Jeff Buckley, Public Enemy, Lucius Jackson, Toadies, Rusted Road, Dinosaur Jr., The Jesus Liz, Maddie Street Peaches, Status Quo, Palace Brothers, Oasis, Boys to Men, Usher, and Kupnajo. Okay, so, um, yeah, it's, it was a big month. Uh, I'm going to just go through... I'm going to go through all of them. Um, I really like Sponge. Sponge is definitely definitely a pool band. <laughs> Those, the three songs that you put on the playlist? Yes. Yeah. Um, Plowed, uh, turns out it's from Empire Records. That's why I loved it so much. Yeah, that one's, um, if, if you don't, yeah, like that's a pretty popular one. The rest of the album doesn't, I feel like it doesn't fit. Um, I remember because like um, when, before I even started doing this, um, I'll put it on. Oh yeah, 90s intro. It's also in a Tony Hawk game. I don't know that. which one, but one of them. Um, so this album, um, it's a very like the front cover is like quite a um, like it's is like if you saw it, you'd remember it. Um, it was on a lot of like best of '90s lists, and I was like, oh, maybe I'll just listen to that um to a Sponge album. And then you're right, like there's a few really good songs, but then a bunch of songs on there don't sound like the other ones. <laughs> and you're yeah. like, are they? Is it kind of like a thing of like they? They they were a band that did that sort of stuff, and then the record company's like, mm, try do a couple like this, and see how or did they have an EP before this, and they had three or four polished songs that they redid, like like okay, we got these three, like we can make these better, yeah. and the rest of the songs were just like, cool, we need more songs for an album, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Machine yeah. Head, I didn't like. I'm not. It's just not my, my no back. skip. Uh, Stereo Lab, I kind of liked. Um, kind of cool. Yeah, they were better than I stuff. thought. Yeah, they, 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 again, like, they're always, like, in, like, if you look at, like, top lists from the 90s of, like, artists, like, Stereolab's always on there, and I'd, I'd never sort of given it a go, so this has been good to stick against them. Um, Gravediggers want to bad. Prince. Um, oh, I skipped Prince. I've got no time for him. Uh, Bare Naked Ladies. Not one of the best albums, I will say. Um, I really mm. like that. I really like that song, These Apples. Um, you can, yeah, I reckon the, the album after this, I think, is uh, one of my favorites. So we'll uh, wait for that. Um, Edie Brickell was pretty cool. Like, it's nice sort of... It's really good. Yeah, it's very... <laughs> I can't believe this is 1994. This was, like, straight back to Jefferson Airplane and Fleetwood Mac, and it's... Yeah. Yeah, she's she's got a lot... And, like, I, um... Uh, she's got the sort of the, uh... Known for very sad songs. <laughs> um, but, I don't know. These ones sound, sounds okay. I didn't mind some Edie Brickell. The, um... Was it Tomorrow Comes? Like, yeah, this yeah. Is, I I really like this song. Yeah, it's very like middle of the road. Like it's not outstanding, but it's just a nice catchy little tune. But out of all these albums, hers and a few others, like they're the ones I listen to. The rest of the albums of them, like I'm like I want to hear more, and that's yep. like with her. Um, Neil Young and the Crazy Horse I couldn't listen to because it's not on Spotify and I don't own that album. <laughs> <laughs> Same. I don't. It's not one of their best. Sleeps with Angels. It's not. A strong one. Uh, Porter's head dummy. Oh man. Um, for personal reasons, it's a it's a very personal album for me, and like it's very hard for me to listen to some of these songs for that reason. But like, it's so good. I love Porter's yeah. head so much. I never thought that I did. Um, this is another one along with 
uh, was it White Horses? Yeah. Um, from last year, the year before, uh, a, f- a friend of ours, um, I used to go to a pub with and watch one of our friends play piano and sing, and it was unreal. And she would play it was White Horses. Yeah. Um, and Rhodes. Yeah. And there was not, no one in that room did did not have like a chattering tooth or like quivering <laughs> lip. Yeah. That it's, song is unreal. This majority of this album is, uh, yeah, just amazing. I remember um, Mr. Ron's, I um, played for one of my, when I was in TAFE music, I played that as one of my um, performance pieces. And it's like, it's, yeah, it's it's a really really good album. If you've never if you've never heard um, Dummy, um, it's it's just uh, it blows you away. Echo Belly, um, I found quite cool. Um, I know that they've I think they come up a little bit later too. Um, they're yeah they sort of again like a little bit middle of the road, but um, I just realized, I just realized I put like five um, Portishead songs on this thing. <laughs> oh yeah. Do you think I like them? Uh, <laughs> um, uh, but I was, I, did, I did like Insomniac by Echo Belly. Yeah. It sounds like it's from Dumb and Dumber. Kind of um that baby animals ish type sort of sound, but like a bit more mm. sort of alternative. I like it. Um, Sebado, because you, I think one of your favorite albums from a couple of seasons ago was a Sebado album. I um, thought that, and then I listened to it, it was like I don't, I don't care for this that much. I What's believe they change quite a bit album to album. Like I think they got an overall sort of sound, but I think this one I found um easier to listen to than like the last one. I think the last one was like a lot, a lot heavier. Um. Sean Colvin, um, <laughs> look, I, it's, it's not too bad, but I, I, I can't do like her um, cover of "This Must Be the Place" by talking. I was wondering how you'd feel about that. It's... I like if I like a cover that is just does not like, unless, apart from the lyrics, you wouldn't know this is a Talking Heads song. She does she does a complete sort of acoustic cover of it. I like it. Yeah, when I saw the title, I was like, "Hang on, is this is this Talking Heads?" Yeah, it doesn't sound at all like it. It's and that's okay. you know, yeah, it's cool. Um, Jeff Buckley, Grace. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, again, this this for listen to this and listen to Porter said this was a very hard listen. Yeah, um, this month. It's been an emotional month, August. Yeah. Um, I I love Jeff Buckley. Um, uh, this is one of those ones. That, like uh, at the time, um, I was probably more into like Grace and Last Goodbye. Um, and then um, I, my favorite song on the whole album is "Lover, You Should Come Over." That's just, just excellent. Um, but "Eternal Life" is a very, very rocking, cool song. Like you wouldn't have thought, yeah, that he's also um, like can achieve that. Obviously, the Hallelujah cover is probably one of the most well-known ones. Um, watching him play that, like on like in videos, is just amazing. And surely, the greatest Hallelujah cover. Yeah, definitely. I know that the newer generation thinks that Shrek is the be all and end all be of, you know, music. But this, I, I didn't know for the longest time that that was a cover because it fits in so well. Like he makes it entirely, it's yeah. still Hallelujah, but you put that and Love You Should Have Come Over next to each other, you just assume it's written by the same guy. I really like uh, So Real as well. I didn't put that on their playlist, but like that, like. I learned how to play bits of that because, like, he's like, it's, I mean, learning how to play Jeff Buckley is just so hard. Like, he's just a, yeah. such a comp. But I remember, like, I got that opening riff, and it's 
it's so haunting, especially with his vocals at the top. It's just amazing. Um, I remember when I used to take singing lessons and she was like, you should be able to do this. Let's do So Real. See if you can do that. I was like, uh, no. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, uh, what, you want a bad I can do that. <laughs> um, Public Enemy was, was not too bad. Like I, um, yeah, look, I, I'm still liking the hip hop and this is, they're, they're still the best of the game. So, um, there's something about Chuck D's voice that I'm just like, that's a dig. <laughs> um, Luscious Jackson, um, I know they'll come up in a couple of years' time with their, their biggest hit, but this, this isn't too bad. It's just sort of like... Um, yeah. Pretty good stuff. Um, Toadies, um, apparently that Possum Kingdom's like a huge, huge hit. I think it's mostly in America. Um, but it also came up in a lot of 90s compilations when I was like, um, when I was thinking about doing this podcast. Um, Again, this just sounds like Dumb and Dumber. Yeah. Maybe like a Everclearish, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's very college rock. Um, Rusted Root. <laughs> uh, I did not get this far. Well, do you, so Rusted Root or um that that band you think is Talking Heads and Ice Age, but is not Talking Heads and Ice Age. <laughs> oh no shit. That's them? Yes, them. Do you know how huge this song is on TikTok right now? Yeah. Yes. I used this in a video I made like two months ago. I had no idea. Rusted Root, my friend. Um, wow. We got Dinosaur Jr., but I feel like I might have mentioned this one another, another year. No, no, no. Um, They had a very similar looking and sounding album last year. Okay. Uh, and so when... I'd listen to the album quite a bit, and at the end of the album, this song would always play. And I really like this song. Yeah, it's great. And I probably talked about it on the episode last year. It's oh, okay. Feel the well, Pain. Yeah. Feel the Pain's like their best song, and I know that like Dinosaur Junior fans will hate me saying that's their best song, but get over it, it's their best song. Um, <laughs> and the film clip for it is amazing. Like They're in a golf buggy going around New York, and... Um, uh yeah like playing golf and just it's just a an amazing uh, video so uh of which you which we can't put on the instagram because every time i put a video on the instagram it gets taken down so fucking yeah. <laughs> uh jesus was a, i did not like uh nope. uh manic street preachers mm. <laughs> putting putting runs on the board but <laughs> like every single year this is like the fourth year in a row i'm pretty sure they put an album out yeah, but it's runs against the board against the county team though, so it doesn't really count. Uh if White America told the truth was a pretty good song though. I like that. Yeah. Um Status Quo, I don't like. Nope. Um <laughs> I like the Palace Brothers. Um nice like um they'll come up a bit more. Uh I believe the guy that's in that, um I can never remember his name, but he's a prolific songwriter. He's got like a bunch of different bands that he goes under the name of. Jack Palance. Um, <laughs> yes. Jack Palance. <laughs> It's him and um, Billy Crystal. <laughs> uh, Will Will Oldham. So he's uh-huh. um, he's also known as um, uh, Prince Billy and a few other ones. So, um, uh, Boys to Men. Okay. Let me. <laughs> okay. 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 Let me. This is this is hard to pick up, but uh, 
between the 9 and 10 second mark of I'll Make Love to You, <laughs> I already told Paul about this early in the week, is my highlight of the month. So it's not yet. Three seconds. Four. Okay, so I'll count it in. Three, two, one. <laughs> Just one little honk. Yeah. Should I? I'll do it again because <laughs> it's worth hearing. And I'm hoping it's going to make someone as happy as it makes me. Here it comes. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why is there a little random <laughs> horn in there? I told you, it's one of their brothers <laughs> came in with a the horn. They're like, oh, you can go on it. So just put them in the background. It's fine. Uh, or maybe know, it's like, one of the actual boys to men that are like, can I have a go? Put that on. Put that on or I'm out the band, boys. <laughs> then it'll be just boy to men. Um, I'll Make Love to You was obviously a huge hit. Like that's, um, you know, and uh, hey, I'll reuse a, reuse a joke from last episode um, that I'll say that most people who are listening to this will not be the people making love to women like they want them to. They'll just be hard and fast like they usually are and then we'll like <laughs> fucking roll over and start snoring. Listen to Boys to Men, guys. They're looking out for you. I I didn't read the lyrics, so I don't know how helpful it is. It could be bad, yeah. Um, mm. We've also got the start of... Now, okay. My they use the word maybe a lot, don't they? They do. Um, my sister loved Oasis. A lot of people loved Oasis. Um, I, look, I would be lying if I didn't say that I, I didn't think that some of their songs were good. Like, I really like um, Champagne Supernova. I think that's a brilliant song. Yes. Um, Too long, but it's amazing. But the stuff that comes with it just makes me not like them. And, like, his vocals get very, very annoying very quickly. Yeah, they're not the kind of band that you want an entire album from, but Live Forever, yeah. like the one you just did, that's, it's a it's a very good song. And also, like, his lyrics are shit. Like, I don't care. Like, you know, that's the thing is like, and like, he sort of put, put, made no sort of thing like, he was like, oh, like, I'm I'm not going to be like a deep, he, he always made, take, took shots at um, Blur and other, and other bands. Like, for that, for pure enter- entertainment value of like the Gallagher Brothers, like, trashing other musicians... Amazing. Hmm. <laughs> they are great. <laughs> because, you know, they just say things that, like, you know, a lot of people were just too scared to say or, like, you know, have the decency not to say. Um, but, yeah, he's not a good lyricist. He's, like, the the songs are good, but, yeah, um, I don't know. I wonder, like, how many people, like, um, and I always get, I still get them confused. Um, so, Noel's the guitarist, yeah? Yes. Liam's yeah. a small, angry one. And I wonder, like, how much of it is just Noel. Um and how much of it like Liam actually I think he's just like the the redheaded stepchild of the band. It's like, <laughs> he's just like uh, he, Yeah. They're both absolutely insufferable. They're just terrible people. Their little jibes that they have with each other through Twitter and social media though are pretty pretty funny. Like just calling each other fat and also like saying and saying boring. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Yeah, their their relationship with one another is funny when they get other people involved and act all macho and uh, Yeah. Um, and lastly, we don't usually cover just singles, but like, we made enough references to this song over the seasons that we're finally in the age of. Oh, 
I can't that. believe you're ending on that. Well, I wonder, like, and apparently, like, I don't know. I looked into it a bit because it's, it's actually like an old, like, uh, traditional song from like the American South. Like, it's it's like it's not just like a some. It's it's actually been around for 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 a century. Like these lyrics, I'm not sure if it's racist. <laughs> it could be racist. I'm pretty sure it is racist. Like, this is yeah, probably. And like the band's got, the group's called Rednecks, so you know. Um, yeah, maybe we should not be giving them the time yeah. of day. That was just purely because we made some references. But yeah, let's, let's finish on a higher note. Let's finish on a sadder note because mm. I miss the comfort in being sad. Oh, nice. Thanks. Uh, everyone, go home. Wherever you are, do something. Put on Roads by Porter's Head and just have a nice cry. Yeah. Um, what are you giving your album of the episode? Oh, fuck. Uh, Grace. It has to nice. be Jeff Buckley. Uh, start to finish, I would... If I'm skipping a song on that album, it's only because I'm excited about the next song, but I don't <laughs> want to actually skip the song. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. Grace is great grace for me too. Um, and the movie? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's I know it's Camp Nowhere. <laughs> nah, it's Priscilla. Okay. Yeah. Uh it, it's it's good fun. It's shows I'm not gonna say Australian culture because I don't think we have a culture, but drag culture, um, it's important for that community at the time and it probably still is. I'm going to pick Clear and Present Day because they blow shit up. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm actually choosing, I actually legit choosing Clear and Present Day. I had so oh. much fun watching that film. Like, I know, like, look, I know the highbrow choice would be Priscilla. Um, and I like that movie too. But um, I think, I don't know, and I don't know what my basis for, like, selecting these films are. Like, I watched this, I was like, I was like in bed and just tucked up and just, you know, it engaged me. Like, I was like, I was never bored. Um, yeah okay and like you know um you know it's just it's a dad movie <laughs> i'm a dad <laughs> um but yeah priscilla would be very close behind um even karina karina would have could have got in there if um they didn't like end up the way they did um but yeah so another bumper episode <laughs> a huge episode uh if you want to get in contact Oops. with us it's uh living the past pod at gmail.com check us out on our instagram uh look <laughs> Um, oh, I think I might be also forgetting to put the timestamps in, um, but I'll be going back and doing that now that I've got some time. So, you, like, if you want to skip certain sections and just get into like you know musical movies, like you know where to go. Um, so check in the check the the episode description for them. Um, I think yeah, we've got a uh, got the we oh, what have we got gone shit <laughs> where am I. Uh, so September's nice. coming up. Um, September's like always a good month um, with TV. Uh, we Law and Order's coming back soon. Woohoo! I can hear you're all very very happy about that. Ah, uh, <laughs> so pumped to bring back the air horn. I cannot wait. It's been too long. See, I'm nice. I don't do it to you. Also, also you never you never lose. So, <laughs> uh, so until next time, I'll see you later. Good night, everybody. Bye bye. Am I on the main stage? Thank you once again for listening to Living in the Past. Got some awesome people to thank at the end of the show here. 
Andrew Golding does our music for us. You can check out his stuff at www.andygold.bandcamp.com. Rebecca Sheedy, she does our artwork. You can check out her stuff on Instagram at Mild Scribbling. Send us an email at livingthepastpod at gmail.com or follow us on Instagram. You can check out letterbox.com following PD Lumsden and check out the movies that we've been talking about this season. You can check out the music we've been talking about on the podcast by going to Spotify and searching Living in the Past podcast and then the month that you want to check out. Want to help us grow the show? Leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or tell your neighbor, tell your friend, tell your mother. It all helps. And until next time, as we always say, sit back, look back and relax. Thanks.